0: Welcome to So You Want to Be a Leader, really, a Defy Expectations podcast. I'm Vicki Hampson. And I'm Helen Honeyset. We're here to explore the highs and lows of leadership today with our guests and help you navigate the complexity of being a leader from all of those aspects, the sublime, through to the ridiculous and everything in between. This week's guest is Regina Huber, who inspires her audience around career advancement, leveling up on our leadership of self and others and combining professional
1: success with a freaking amazing life. Regina, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on today, Helen and Vicky. I'm delighted to be here with you and have um, this conversation with you.
0: So before we get into our podcast itself, we just want to let you know you can find out much more about Regina on our website when you visit www.defyexpectations.co.uk for all of that wonderful information. So Regina, my first question to you. So what was it that inspired you to create your current business? What's the story behind it?
1: Yes, it started, of course, growing up on a farm in a little village in Germany. In a way, it started there because farmers are entrepreneurs. <laughs> Although my dad did have a, a job as well, uh, apart from the farm. Uh, but what he also gave me was a very adventurous spirit that was in his family lineage, so to speak. And my own entrepreneurial journey really started in Argentina, where I had just decided to leave my leadership role at a global consulting firm in San Francisco behind and open a bed and breakfast in Buenos Aires instead. So that was a very different path that I embarked on. It was an extremely successful business, actually, although I had no prior experience in that field. But three and a half years later, I decided it was time to move on again. And this time I um, moved to Rio de Janeiro, uh, Brazil. And I had lived in Brazil for about a year before as part of my previous role. But this time I embarked on a second entrepreneurial journey, so to speak, and I put all my money into the second business. But things didn't go so well in Brazil with a fraudulent business partner and so on. So long story, but in a nutshell, it didn't go so great. So I eventually ended up closing that business. And there's definitely more to that. But to cut the long story short, I packed up and moved again, and this time to New York City where I had to build a brand new business, a brand new network and all of that. And when I arrived in New York City, I had to somehow also figure out what to do with my eclectic experience in several continents. Um, That included leadership roles at this consulting firm at BCG. Also, my business owner experience in Argentina and Brazil, my holistic studies, my passion for dance even, and of course, my very rich multicultural experience, which later I extended further, but which had also shaped me into who I was at that point. So I wanted to package all of this into a meaningful new project that would make a difference to people. But that would also be aligned with my own passions, with I wanted to achieve in this lifetime. And that's how Transform Your Performance was born. And this is the name of my current business, as you know. And although I certainly did not create that in a day, of course, it takes time. But I did decide at the time to enter the the coaching arena. (laughs) And I specialize in transformational leadership coaching. So a combination of career and leadership coaching, trainings, and I'm also a speaker for company events, conferences, leadership summits, et cetera. Of course, as I said, it's been a past, it's not what it was right at the beginning, right? So I, in the meantime, I've developed two leadership frameworks, the Powerful Leadership Transformation and the New Paradigm Leadership. And there's a lot been going on since then, of course.
0: I love that evolution. We talk about transformational leadership and yet we're learning as we go along, constantly evolving the businesses that we grow.
1: Absolutely. It's all about growing and learning and uh, really constantly adding on to our own knowledge. Because As I always like to say, leadership starts with self. Self Self-leadership, in my opinion, is the most essential leadership trait of all. And uh, I believe that's uh, also a central piece of my first framework, Powerful Leadership Transformation. At
0: Defy Expectations, we also talk about heart set, which is a word that I've seen you use as well. Now, we come from a background where we've founded a lot of the work we do on love leadership. So that concept of leading from the heart is critical to us. So we talk about heart sets, but also mindset is critically important. We know that. There's great work out there by Carol Dweck, etc. But in your opinion, why is mindset not enough? Why do we need heart set as well?
1: Yes, and so many people talk about mindset because, in fact, as you just said, a self-empowering mindset, as I call it, is really, really critical. But I have... After some time, after using that term self-empowering mindset as the name of one of the four pillars of my Powerful Leadership Transformation Framework, I changed it to self-empowering mindset and heartset because yes, the mindset is critical, but the mind is most powerful when it's led by the heart. When we can achieve coherence of Heart and mind, that's when the magic happens. You mentioned, you know, heart driven leadership, and and we say that, but what does that really mean? Are we really connected to our hearts? And that's what I also want to bring into the minds of leadership. This, you know, how can you connect that intellectual power of your mind and those? habits that you have created that are meant to support you and how can you combine all of that and bring it into uh, the context of what your heart really wants and also the treasures that are in your heart like your very unique wisdom that is stored in your heart you have the knowledge on the one hand and your very unique wisdom that you have acquired over a lifetime And you continue acquiring, and that is in your heart. And there's a lot more in your heart. So yes, mindset and heartset, because they simply are better together. When your heart and mind are in co-creation, you'll be able to use the power of both. Now, as I said, that intellectual power of the mind and your you-specific wisdom, that's in the heart. And that no one else has but you. And that makes you unique in whatever you do, whether you're a coach. We are all coaches, but we're all different because of our stories, our wisdom that we have gathered as a result of our experiences. And as you may have heard, the heart is actually a part of our brain physically because it has 40,000 brain like cells and it creates this tremendously powerful magnetic field, the heart's magnetic field is up to 5,000 times stronger than the head brain's magnetic field. So it's the heart or the heart area that, that connects us to other people and to the world around us. And I think one other thing that's really, really important for leaders is that we find courage in the heart. Fear is in the mind. Courage is in the heart. And I love to work with heart-driven leaders, with bold, value-driven leaders, because heart-driven leaders are courageous, and they are driven by the values they feel in their hearts, by what's the right thing to do. And we need that more than ever right now in the world. These leaders, they realize that people are the heart of any organization or business that's the other piece of heart right where I love to use the word heart we have that that heart in so many expressions because it is of great value and these heart driven leaders they have the best interests Mm -hmm. of people in mind and they're usually also people driven and that's a big piece of what I talk about in my work as well humanizing the workplace right and that's why Heart is actually also one of the four elements of my second leadership framework, the no-paradigm leadership, which helps leaders create more engaged and happier teams.
0: I'm also super inspired by this next question I get to ask you, because I've actually been uh, blessed enough to have a holiday this year that during the summertime in Phoenix, and we took a trip to Sedona and stayed there a few days. Um, So... As somebody that's never necessarily been convinced by the power of energy, I can tell you now, having not slept for four nights, I truly believe. So with that in mind, as a believer of the idea of of being energy conscious, let me ask you this next question. So if you could explain to us what you mean by body and energy conscious presence and how it helps us to actually show up more powerfully in business, we'd love to hear that.
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm sure you have experienced that special energy in Sedona. Maybe it has some. Absolutely
0: did. Overwhelming, overwhelming. And I now, you know, it's time for me to understand that a lot more.
1: Yes, absolutely. Body and energy conscious presence is one of the other three pillars of my powerful leadership transformation framework. Because I believe that we talk about energy far too little in business, but our energy flows into everything we say, do, and, and project to the world in a way, right? Even into our thoughts. So let's start with body conscious first. They are actually connected. They're not separate from each other, of course, because our uh, energy is in our body and it surrounds our body and whatnot and could even say everything is energy, although there's also spirit, of course, and that's a much deeper conversation that we're not going to go into today, but Body consciousness is actually very simple, right? It's just about getting fully present in our bodies. We talk about business presence. So what is that? Being fully present, right? But what does that even mean? And uh, a lot of people talk about appearance and how you should show up, how you should dress and an outfit and all plays into it, of course. A lot of people also talk about body language and it's actually a part of this as well. But when I talk about body conscious presence, sometimes a few deep belly breaths can make all the difference, right? Because those have a physiological effect that calms us down on the one hand, but it also then changes how we're perceived. And sometimes when we do those breaths or when we even just connect with our body completely or we focus on being fully present in our bodies or we do a few contractions and relaxations of our muscle groups then that changes even our posture already right or we could do power poses as amy Cuddy suggests <laughs> i personally actually love power dancing just because i love dance and there was a a feature on Forbes a few years ago about this concept is just because I prefer to do some power dancing moves whenever that is possible, of course, uh, rather than standing or sitting in a power pose for a couple of minutes, but that's just me. So whatever you prefer to do, get present in your body. Some people call it grounding. I don't really matter what you call it, whatever works for you. Now... When we go into the energy piece, we so often hear that it takes seven seconds to make a first impression. I'm sure you've heard that too. So the truth is though, it's much less than that because it only takes 0.07 seconds for our brains to figure out whether we can trust someone. That's less than a blink of an eye, 0.07 seconds. What does that mean? Your energy speaks louder than your words and faster than your words, right? So we constantly communicate on an energetic level, whether we are aware of this or not. So we better be aware because our energy has a significant role in trust building, Just in general, trust building in any direction, whether you are in a corporate career or whether you're a business owner and you lead a team, whatever type of of leadership you choose, whatever role you choose, it doesn't matter. You need to build trust in all directions. Energy has a critical role in our business presence, leader presence, executive presence, whatever you want to call that. And it helps us enhance our perceived presence and raise our confidence if we know how to optimize our energy. If we do some simple exercises sometimes before we go into a meeting, into a negotiation or a speaking situation, right? So it's not so much about the level of energy or the quantity of energy as it is about the quality of your energy. It's really critical to optimize our energy to build trust more easily because our energy flows, as I said before, into everything we say, we think, and we do because even our thoughts impact other people and things around us. And we know this from all the water experiments that people have done freezing water, talking to water. There's a lot of those experiments online these days. So this is proven. This is scientifically proven. Sometimes you might also notice that you totally feel fine and then you walk into the subway or the tube on a train and all of a sudden you feel completely different because the energy has an impact on you. You might feel anxious because you pick up on the energy of the people around you. So, it's really important also to protect our energy in certain situations if we are susceptible to that. But I do find it very interesting that we hardly speak about energy in business and in leadership, and specifically in leader presence and executive presence, when it's a fact that our energy flows into everything. And if we go into a negotiation or into a meeting as a leader and our energy is all and we're not fully centered, then it becomes much harder to close that deal. Because as I said before, our energy speaks louder than our words. And it flows into our body language. We talk so much about body language, but no, it's it's not so much about what gestures exactly you're using. So don't ever please use too much canned body language that definitely does not come across as authentic. It shouldn't feel authentic to you. But also always remember that your energy flows into that body language. And when you optimize it, when you do a few exercises, then that can help you show up more authentically. So how can you improve the quality of your energy? What are those exercises? Absolutely. So I share some of those techniques in my book, Speak Up, Stand Out, and Shine, uh, which is on Amazon. And I actually created those techniques and tools for myself in the beginning, because when I came from Brazil up to New York City, I didn't really feel confident. My self-esteem had just been destroyed, basically, through that experience that I'd had. So I was rebuilding my confidence while I was also building a new business and a brand new network. And I had to come up with those tools. And one of my favorite tools is an energy tool, although we can definitely build our confidence in different ways as well through mental preparation, visualizations, and all these different other things. Now, one of my favorite tools, and it's super simple, is to sit with your feet firmly planted on the floor or stand if you prefer. And then really just relax your entire body. I'm going to do the the run through a it. you relax your entire body, your shoulders, preferably close your eyes, and just take a moment to take a couple of very deep belly breaths, become present in your body and then allow the energy to flow through your body all the way through the soles of your feet. Up your legs into your body, the base of your spine, bring it all the way up to your solar plexus area. And this is where for most people, it's easiest to feel and access your inner power. I'm going to call it just inner power and your confidence and breathe into that area. Now, maybe place a hand or two on that area. As you know, what focus on expands. So allow this power energy of yours to be focused on and to expand and to expand out through your entire body all the way up to the top of your head. Observe whether maybe your posture changed in this process, whether you feel more centered, more relaxed. Maybe even a bit dizzy because we don't breathe deeply enough. We often are, we're so used to breathing in a shallow way. So that's not a problem. Just get used to sometimes deep breathing. Bring that energy up to the top of your head and out through the top of your head. And imagine surrounding yourself with a bubble of this power energy. So rather than dispersing it out, we are surrounding ourselves with this power energy in our minds. And observe what that does for you. Once you have done this exercise, you can do it more slowly, of course, in your own time. But once you've done this a few times, you can actually do an even shorter version of this by just placing a hand on your solar plexus, closing your eyes for a moment. And focusing on your inner power energy and own it in that moment. I've seen this over and over with my clients can make a big difference because sometimes you don't have the time. We are called into a meeting, for example, right? And we have to do it quickly. I also, in my book, I share another tool that can literally trigger a feeling of confidence just in a second through a hand gesture. So that's in my book. but. Uh, yeah, these are two different exercises. The other one is more focused really on programming that feeling of confidence into your muscle memory.
0: That's Thank you, Regina, for sharing. We're going to change topic a little bit and shift towards sort of how people can develop themselves and distinguish themselves as leaders. So what tips do you have for people who want to do that, who want to distinguish themselves as leaders or leadership candidates? So some of those aspiring leaders.
1: Yeah. First of all, you mentioned the word distinguish, and this is a really important word here, because if people want us to, or others to follow their lead, then we want to know who they are and what they stand for. We mentioned values earlier, right? So and that's also why authenticity and values are so important in leadership. As an authentic leader, you don't constantly need to talk about your values because they shine through you. I think that's the difference, right? Of course, they only will shine through you if you're clear on what they even are. So self-leadership always comes first and it's the foundation of All authentic and sustainably effective leadership. I believe, as I said earlier, it's the most essential leadership trait of all. We all have what I call our distinctive uniqueness, this unique brilliance, but of course, also our shortcomings. So for leaders, it's even more important to go extra deep and dig extra deep with their distinctive uniqueness, to really be clear on what it is because leaders don't blend in. Leaders stand out. Now, you can distinguish yourself through your story, for example, right? What kind of inspirational transformation can you share through your story? How can you inspire others uh, to level up their leadership, of self and others, (laughs) through your story, potentially. And then, of course, your leader presence. Your presence is really a combination of what you look like, what you say, and how you say it. Your appearance, your body language, your voice, your attitude, and your energy. It's about how you show up, how you make others feel, in your presence, when they experience you. We talk so lo- so much about leadership style, but what is that really? Yes, you got to distinguish yourself through your leadership style, but again, it's not some artificial construct that we read about, even though we do tend to categorize leadership into different styles. It's more about who you are and how you show up, yes? It's your authentic, unique style, Hopefully, Authenticity is not about your habitual style, your default style. Authenticity is ideally showing up as the best version of who you already are, in my opinion. Yeah, so powerful authenticity. I'm going to repeat that again, because a lot of people are confused about authenticity is about showing up as the best version of who you are. And that requires a good portion of self-awareness and self-leadership.
0: Regina, there was something that you said, there was many things in there that was incredibly powerful, but there was a, a line, there was a statement you made that has prompted another thought for me, if I may ask you. So that line was leaders don't blend. They stand out. Now. Some stand out for many wrong reasons and some stand out because they bring overwhelming energy, they bring destructive energy. And also they do that because they lack that awareness that they're doing it. So going back to some of the techniques that you were sharing with us before, those powerful techniques, can you maybe share with us how you would help others or examples of where those techniques have helped others, those practical techniques of breathing and presence and using energy to actually address that. Maybe not necessarily course correct the blending to be positive, but but maybe a little bit more from you, how you've helped others overcome that practically.
1: Yes, of course. I'm assuming that our listeners want to stand out with their unique brilliance, with their really great intentions as leaders, because we want to inspire the heart-driven leaders, the value-driven leaders, of course, and we want them to be able to be bolder and more courageous leaders and have a bigger role in leadership. So thanks for this question. I have definitely some great examples. For example, one of my clients, she's a senior vice president, and she was in a relatively high role in her firm. She was oftentimes talked over by one of her male colleagues now it's not always a male colleague it just happens to be a male colleague in this example I also want to point that out right and he would take her ideas and I know it sounds like a cliche but it still happens a lot he would take her ideas and repeat them and make them his own in a way we got that fixed pretty quickly with first of all preparing her uh, in a way that she just felt better speaking up in meetings in a different way okay so she was heard more easily first of all so her idea did not get like under the carpet first of all and people heard it the first time around and I think that's already a very important difference that these techniques made for her but then also if that person still Uh, engaged in his previous practices of talking over her. Then she also had some conversational tools because I also teach my clients, of course, conversational intelligence, uh, which complements my own frameworks. Conversational intelligence is a different methodology created by somebody else that I studied. And it brings us those verbal components as well. So in the end, it's always about Digging into your toolbox and really using at the moment what makes the most sense. And oftentimes it's a combination of many, many different things. So yes, communication, conversational intelligence, are are of course, also key leadership uh, skills. Uh, There's no doubt about that. Now she combined those very successfully and she actually cut this behavior off. It stopped happening after just one more meeting. And I think that's really, really impressive. So yeah, that's just one example. Other examples are, of course, of uh, people showing up more powerfully in their presentations, getting their ideas across, getting buy-in for their projects when previously they had a harder time to get this buy-in. A lot of the leaders I work with They present to top leadership ranks and they oftentimes don't really feel so great about it. They don't have problems uh, presenting to other groups, maybe, but they still feel that authority gap and they are affected by it. So we want them to overcome that because that doesn't really serve them. And these exercises have helped them. And this is a proven fact. Other people, on the other hand, feel more insecure when they have to talk to their teams because sometimes they also have to communicate unpopular new policies, for example, or they have to have those difficult, critical conversations with their teams or even individual team members, which can also be really, really challenging. So I want to help them through those situations as well to show up less with that defensive attitude. And with a more constructive attitude that uh, helps everybody much better. Virginia,
0: that's really valuable. Thank you for sharing that and taking time to do it. I think the direction that you share there is also a nice bridge into the next question we have for you, which is the question we ask all our guests, and it's uh, akin to us as founders of the business, how we show up, how we operate. And as defying expectations, our question is around How we become a little bit more defiant from time to time. So with your experience and everything that you've seen over the years and what you've been part of and the story you told in particular, would you share with us what we'd call a pearl of defiant wisdom for others who are choosing to lead or wanting to carry that badge of being a leader? How would you advise them as a pearl of defiant wisdom?
1: Oftentimes, we think leadership is acquired by completing a theoretical leadership skills course, right? And while you might learn some valuable skills in those courses, that's not really how it works because we can acquire certain knowledge and courses and through our studies, theoretical skills, but knowledge is not knowledge unless it's implemented. And that's even much more true of leadership knowledge. And that's why. It Many leaders get a coach, of course, but also the reality is that usually more challenging than just implementing a few leadership principles or techniques is to really become that authentic and effective leader that we want to be. So I think what we need to allow ourselves and uh, uh, to do is also be self-compassionate as leaders and to... Stay in that humble position of asking for feedback. You know, how, how are we perceived by others? This is a big piece of self-awareness. And as I said earlier, for me, it's always about self-leadership first, because how would we be able to lead others, lead communities or teams, organizations, if we don't even know how to lead ourselves? I suggest as leaders, we go very, very deep with self-awareness and really get to know ourselves, get to know the complexities of what it means to be human. That will help you then to better understand others. And once we master the self-leadership, which is very strongly represented in, in my Powerful Leadership Transformation Framework, that allows us to be authentic in our leadership And it shines through you, but you can also pass what you have learned onto your team. And I think this is one of the biggest leadership principles to pass our own learnings on and always with that open mind, allowing them to have an active role in it. Yeah. So really create leadership together, if that makes sense for you. That principle of co-creation, is extremely, extremely important in leadership in my view. And we have far too little of that in today's leadership, as I believe. (laughs) Fantastic.
0: Thank you, Regina. I think it's really interesting, that sort of co-creation piece, because how can you be an authentic leader if you're just learning by rote what someone's told you to do? You've got to take what you've learned, build your own experience into that. And take your, as you call it, your distinctive uniqueness into your leadership as a role. Absolutely.
1: See, I was was actually thrown into the cold water with my first leadership role at 26. I had no specific relevant background, no studies, no specific knowledge that I could think of. And I was thrown into this leadership role. I learned everything by doing. Could it have been easier with more knowledge? For sure. But I also value what we can learn by doing. I think that is very, very important. Self-observation. What are you achieving? What are res- the results you're achieving as a leader? And then backtrace that to uh, your actions, right? How do your actions support your results? Indeed. And if you've been as
0: inspired as we've been with our amazing guests, Regina, And that magical and potent power equation of the heart and mind in co-creation. Please check back in as we're going to be running these sessions regularly. And we will cover every aspect that leaders need. And we go deep into awareness. It's such a topic we deeply enjoy to talk about. And these are the skills that leaders need to continuously develop and evolve and thrive, not just survive the business of leadership. Do look at our website, defyexpectations.co.uk and remember to follow us to get notified of our next episode.